Welcome to the Heart to Heart podcast with your host, Josh Campbell, a place where we strive to blend spirituality and psychology to be a practical mixture that hits the sweet spot of understanding, healing, and awakening. It will set you free from the past and your limiting beliefs you've been holding on to and introduce you to inward out solutions, explore energetics, dial in relationship dynamics, and your empathic power. It's conscious conversation to help you attract, keep, and seize the love and connection you've always dreamed of. Now, let's overcome the blues, open up onto booze, and give you the answers towards living a happy, healthy relationship life by leading with your heart. Episode 37, we're getting there, aren't we? We're the third of the way to 100, and we're not going to stop with the momentum and the kind of juicy subjects. Today, we are going to cover porn in relationships. Cover your ears, your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Luckily, it's just through your ears. It's not all the senses at once. We are really going to tackle something that's really serious. Actually, this is a serious subject that does come up on a regular basis, and I've seen it online tens and tens of times. Um, I've had people request this via the Instagram DMs as well, and I see that this um, topic amongst like male and female uh, dynamics within the relationship and this kind of trust issue really starts to come to the foray, come to the forefront, um, especially in the early stages of dating. Our little self-doubter in our heads can really come out when we are being compared to the flamboyant, the um, limitless um, exposure to the internet in all the wrong ways. This is the black market of the internet and especially it will no wonder wreck havoc on your self-esteem so let's cover that we're going to build your worth to the point that you know there is a problem here and you're not alone in this problem and facing this psychologically physiologically and also why it's it's making your uh, relationship a big struggle um, i'm going to give you some solutions come the end so do stay tuned right to the end and before we get right into this um, I just want to thank Emma, who gave a stellar review on Spotify. So you, if you haven't already, please do write your best words on Spotify, on iTunes, because it will get it to more ears. So if you're a sensitive soul, this is kind of um, a, a movement, a community for you to feel heard, feel seen. Um, and, get, you know, I'm going to give my best through messages, through voice and channel whatever I can through you on this platform. So if you love what we do here, please do just fire in your review but I just want to say thanks Emma for your lovely words it was in a different dialect in a different language it looked like hieroglyphics to me but it looked like a a Russian or Eastern European um, terminology there but just want to say thanks for your words I'm sure Um, it's sweet unless you wanted to co-word me some um, you know something different who knows who will know who will know the truth but we will get to the truth on porn in relationships so without further ado let's rock and roll now I actually, funnily enough, sparked this topic up when I watched Terry Crews. So if you're familiar with Terry Crews, um, a big um, Afro-American fella, um, really famous in Hollywood. Um, He does this kind of like um, bouncing with his boobs. He's like a sort of... um, uh, a bodybuilder, and he can do this twitching with his um, chest, chesticles, as I would call them. Um, and, and this is exactly what he does in his, his videos, and it's what he's famous for. But he spoke up on a very famous podcast um, called The Diary of a CEO, and I heard him talk a bit of a snippet on how porn addiction ruined his current relationship and his life. Now, I also, as a man, will 
divulge my own experience with porn and how it's affected me, my psyche, my sex drive, my um, ideals, how it's, um, you know, brought out the instinctual primal self that comes in into the relationship and how I've really managed to cope from a male perspective while also I want to help you as a female show up in the relationship as the most empowered feminine, as the most confident, um, assertive and um, somebody who feels strong to communicate to their partner um, what you want, where the boundaries lie, where the limits lie and how you can kind of, let's say, solve the problem um, that is perpetuating in our daily society as we speak. So let's begin with the history of relationships and how they've actually evolved um, to where they are today. So back in the 1800s, there was a very pragmatic style of relational um, relationship, as it were, a pre-industrial era. You know, when we had lots of freedom, we had the washing machines being built, we had beautiful inventions, uh, we had rights that were passed through uh, legislation. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the post-war time was when um, freedom started to be granted but let's dial, dial back in the 1800s to mid 1990s we were very pragmatic weren't we we had roles in the household there was um primarily the masculine and primarily the feminine roles to create a, a lively uh home as it were, a functioning home, one that just worked. It wasn't one that thrived, it was simply one that was a great team and worked to provide for a family, to survive and meet our basic needs, essentially. We weren't having the same kind of freedoms and liberties as we do today. Um, and this is something really worth looking at because some of us in our modern day society live in the old days. We still have that same mental model that we live through now. Um, and it's really important to, to really understand this. And we lived on separate planets. We lived in separate spheres. So the masculine was the cold avoidant provider. This is where that common uh, issue where men are emotionally unavailable tended to be adapted to that certain, um, let's say, um, traits and attributes dynamic because that was what was called for to be the breadwinner for the household. This is what the masculine needed to do. As when the feminine became the more pure, the more domesticated and potentially more submissive in the household, those that were doing the childbearing, keeping the house clean, um, you know, all the homework um, that needed to be done. It was kind of like this e team effort at the time. It wasn't really about, you know, full expression, self-expressive love. It wasn't about finding your authentic self at all. It was truly getting together to function, essentially, on a mid-level, uh, mid-to-low-level need basis. We live in a world now, if you are familiar with the Maslow's hierarchy and Mount Maslow, we are learning to try and evolve to a point where we have great self-esteem needs met and also our uh, self journey to self-actualization where we, you know, we, we discover and explore ourselves spiritually, why we're here on the planet to do what we do and, you know, um, display our God-gifted um, talents as it were um but right right now I, I, you know i would say a relationship just from my own experience is a great vehicle to finding that actualized self me when i met jazz you know things my ego definitely di dissolved lots of fear-based mental models dissolved and she truly brought out the best in me and this is called the Mich uh, michelangelo effect that if your partner is wanting to bring out the best in you not for their own use or own manipulation but essentially just to help you discover more about yourself encourage great behaviors and make you become your best self then you found a beautiful winner there um on the other hand if you've got the pygmalion effect which is someone who wants you to be something uh, for their own personal gain or deter you or steer you further away from that best self then you're in trouble now let's state it back to that that pragmatic time the 1800s to the 1990s the mid 90s there um 
what happens is in this very uh, you know traditional way there's a big mismatch it's called mismatch theory it's where things um mental models which which served a purpose back in the day um no longer serve a purpose in our current time now this is where uh, an issue happens because when we live in this wounded way um, especially when we compare ourselves to other actualized relationships and those that have really flourished we tend to um you know fall into relationships that are rife with betrayal um they're degrading and this is what porn does in relationships porn exacerbates the primal nature and that traditional nature of our sexual energy so when men are cold and avoidant they can easily use porn as a form of betrayal they can go and you know um, manifest their desires and they can go behind their partner's back um, and you know not make their partner feel good enough and so that cold avoidance in the quote-unquote man cave porn is a beautiful and a certain you know I, I say it um, very lightly but it's, it's, it's an easy and convenient place to go when you take distance as a man that cold avoidance it kind of like glorifies that belief set that identity that we uh, create protectively for us if we don't feel competent in the emotional space or getting close men will tend to cut cut tethers cut uh, build up walls and um, create distance by actually making themselves even more avoidant is proofing their own belief that if the more avoidant they get the more um, they betray themselves and their partner the better and more avoidant they'll become and they, they actually almost funnily thrive in that space if they're more traditional um, sadly also it, the 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 nature of porn is very degrading. You know, some of the stuff I used to see um, as dating back as a young kid, this is where the issue I'll, I'll tell you in a second, um, is, is that we see degrading material at the age of, you know, as young as eight. This is where that Terry Crews story comes through. At the age of eight, this guy was being numbed to um, really radical porn um, st stimulating material. And I think at my age, I, you know, if I was guessing it correctly, I must have been in my young teens. It wasn't as young as eight. But I can tell you, if you come up in a, an abusive home, uh, something you want to escape, then porn is a great avenue to stimulate your senses, make you um, help you into a new dimension and help you numb the pain through pleasure. And this is the issue that we tend to face. Um, but the, the issue primarily is that we've, we've got this basically propagandic material in this theta state, as it were, if we're, we're consuming this porn, pornographic content, um, and it um, tends to be very dominating. I've seen a lot of content out there on, on the space. Um, and if you haven't watched porn, then beautiful, you know, you've got a clean slate, and I'd say keep it there. Um, it really doesn't serve any purpose unless you wanted to explore with your partner and had a mutual um, consensual agreement to go into it together but again betrayal occurs when one of us has um, not told the truth if there's no transparency and there's no honesty and there's no honest conscious communication going on then um, it can be very um, betrayal orientated and sadly it's, it's you know it's kind of like a wrestling match sometimes you watch um, and I'm not trying to make this humorous at all, but it, it can get really, um, you know, abusive in some senses and shapes and forms. It's dehumanizing a very sacred and human um, basis to intimacy and connection. It's somewhere we can explore each other's sex. It's, it's somewhere where we really deeply connect. But if that um, chasm is, is, you know, this, this creation of performance or performative um, intimacy is being created, we're then not really authentically connecting. We're not reaching that higher tier of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We're not spiritually intertwining. We're simply um, coming as two roles um, that are judged both um, self-judged and again peer-judged um, by our partner we fear 
um, you know, that, that judgment and then that role, that persona, that fake self that, that, that um, hides that true self tends to really become strengthened. And it's far from purity. It's far from pure intimacy. And like I said, many people and boys, and let's, let's really look at the male psyche here as women that you all, you know, this tends to attract a woman audience and this is definitely the, the type I help. So ladies out there, um, boys and girls both find material like this um, at a very young age. I found it when I was like 12, 13, I think, or even younger. I can't really put a finger on it. And um, it helps really escape your feelings. It really does. It's kind of a fantastical world. Even at that age as a boy and girl, you don't tend to really un understand the idea that you want to escape or avoid difficult emotions. You tend to just do. You're more primal. You're instinctual. Your um, amygdala hasn't fully developed, which is the very um, thing in our brain which um, helps you process informations and bank them for a, a better day, a later day, or or make sense of emotional experience. And so if you're at that young age where you're super vulnerable, you're basically like a sponge. And if you're really patterned by this um, digital experience and you can't detach and you're not conscious enough or don't have the tool set to really talk your way out of this not being reality, then it can be a very dangerous game. And just like Terry Crews said on his podcast and what a beautiful guy he is to be very vulnerable, vulnerable about his life, he's, he tended to say that he, he, it got between his marriage even as an adult. So he created a pattern from childhood, which was very true. You know, I, I work with lots of clients who have very, very much um, inner child patterns that live with them in adulthood. It's why we become emotionally immature adults. It's that our little boy or little girl in there is, is, is like a bifurcation. We literally live as two beings inside one another, that kind of pure, true self that's open-hearted, curious, um, and wants to have a look around the world is is always there. It's either being shamed, it's either being guilted. Um, as an adult, matured person who's been conditioned and um, um, and given rules to, to abide by, and sometimes that little boy or girl can be very protestant, as it were, when you're an adult, and sometimes those cravings or those um, behaviors tend to show up in a very destructive manner. And this is where... Um, this new normal patterning happens. I would say it's this idea that we are literally creating new neural connections to um, pleasure, to stimulation, to to um, that euphoria that is found through orgasm. And if that convenience is happening around something so sacred, um, like orgasm, then we're going to want more of it, isn't it? It's just like a class A drug, that neurology that goes off, you know, that the, the brain chemistry that really alters our state. Um, it, it makes us addicted. And it's why we have um, post-sex depression as well. It's kind of like we go through some euphoria. And if we had some expectation upon the experience that doesn't meet our needs, uh, meet our expectations after that experience, then we can suffer some deep, depression and depression only exists really if we've um we're, we're we're yearning about the past experience we we look back to the past it's dwelling on the past and if that dwelling is based on like a neurochemical response of having like a, a really big surge in dopamine which is all about that pornographic experience um, and that sort of um need to masturbate um it's it's it's, it's damaging because we we become um a victim to our um physiology um, and I'm not to say I don't want to demonize masturbation. I think it's a beautiful tool, but without pornography. And we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, uh, a bit later um, about how you can kind of self-pleasure in a more um, fulfilling um, and nicer way. So, so this is what happens. We have this new normal. 
that's patterned into our brain. I would say, let's, let's imagine it like edging. Um, this is, well, you use this in, in any way to tolerate something new. If, if you're coming out of the comfort zone or, you know, it's just like, you know, training at the gym. Let's use that as a really easy analogy is that if you're um, want, wanting to build muscle or strength, you're going to go into the gym and lift a certain weight, aren't you? And do the same repetitions. You're going to do the same, um, you know, movements um, and, and just repeat. And this is where the hypertrophy comes from. You start to grow. It's the same thing that happens with our brain. It's like, well, you need to push it a little bit further to start to then feel something. You hit plateaus. And just what happens with porn, if you kind of get normalized to a certain um, content or whatever you're watching, um, or you, you know, you're, you're, you're ejaculating or you know your your orgasm a bit sooner than rather than later you probably need more to prolong that experience and this is just human nature so this is what's happening it, this edging of our comfort zone and edging of needing more stimulation needing more time with content and whatever it is it becomes radical it becomes obsessive it becomes destructive and not only does it do that it creates fantastical expectations and now if your partner is watching porn secretly behind your back and it's why i mentioned it's all about you know the secret porn watching in relationships is a big issue because what happens is there's um there's no transparency, there's no clear communication, there's no knowing. So what the person will do that's been watching porn will unwittingly, without even consciously realizing, project fantastical expectations upon his partner. This is so damaging because you will not even know why you feel inferior or insuperior. Um, and you, you don't feel good enough for your partner potentially because when you're in, in the bedroom with each other, he's not being turned on X, Y, Z and he's not communicating that to you. This can be a difficult situation because you're going you're creating stories irrational stories in your head that you're the issue when in reality it's his instinctual primal um activity and um, with porn and creating this new normal patterning that's not real it's truly a massive fantasy that's becoming um the new normal for you and and again a unfair comparison and so and so what happens here is is he's only going to be turned on by super stimulating and sensual experiences. And so the real world might become a place to avoid because it's not really giving that human being what they truly have been conditioned to get um, for such a long time and so conveniently. Sadly, the the rise of the digital media world, um, although it's allowed us to connect, hasn't it, um, in lots of beautiful ways, but there is a dark side to the internet that there is this, you know, access to polyamory, polyamorous, um, you know, um, sexual experiences. And so that is not, no, you know, no wonder it's creating sexual addiction. No wonder it's creating problems with novelty seeking or problems with high risk taking behavior. And um, those men who are totally emotionally um, detached will, um, you know, really gravitate towards these behaviors. This, these, some of these behaviors are those of, of a narcissist not that I don't I don't want to um, diagnose anybody as a narcissist I think we we all have a, a you know a trait or two um, sometimes here and there and that's not making you imperfect or wrong at all but but we are kind of conditioned to to be a, this way you know novelty seeking it's all about you know egoic um, pleasure and egoic stimulation it's all about you know high risk taking behavior that's no remorse that's having um, you know being able to take risks without having that emotional cue and that's just creating a society um, or 
you know, uh, it's dehumanizing us to the se- in a sense where we become kind of robots to our emotional experience uh, and we kind of detach from everything that means um, a, fulling, a fulfilling, healthy connection with, a, with, a, with our partner. And not only that, like, again, we, we transcend the physical world. There are, you know, things, I, I've seen another interview with Elon Musk who is doing some beautiful things for the planet, but also was jokingly, um, was being asked by a TEDx talker uh, in an interview. The TEDx man said, Something like, um, you know, what what else is the potential with uh, with AI and technology and robotics? What do you think? And he said, um, well, I've had some requests for for sex bots and, and butlers in that sense. And I just and they chuckled about it. They laughed about it. And they, and the other guy said, Yeah, are you, are you sure you're going to do that? And he responded, We'll give them what they want. So again, supply comes to demand. It's the the idea that our demands are starting to grow. Our demand for convenience. Our demand for um, these kind of hedonistic. Um, wants and this kind of like wanting to push our limits further and almost get into this kind of instinctual um you know you know escapism because sometimes you know there is suffering on the planet i'm afraid um but but some of us you know you know choose that channel to live on rather than the gratitude uh, the channel of gratitude the channel of love the channel of abundance um lots of us tend to make the easy route um and and kind of become that victim or that scarce mindset which the mass tends to tune into because it's easy it's very digressing and it's a one that we can easily access and i'm afraid leaders like elon musk are um perpetuating that issue with virtual reality with um sex bots um and that kind of bringing in um the digital space into reality and kind of um, blending that gap um is again just going to radicalize the issue even further it's going to create what is a sacred thing as more a sport um and this is not good as you can imagine for childbearing creating a safe secure parenting parenthood um, or a healthy relationship for that matter as i said with mount maslow we're really just meeting basic physiological physiological needs just like we did in the 1800s we kind of have roles we were on separate spheres we were kind of like didn't understand one another and that was okay because we lived on different planets on the same planet um we had roles to fulfill we had um and tasks to to complete um and we were just truly um putting food on the uh, the plate on the table and um, putting a roof over our head and that was okay back then we we just put up with it but today which is a beautiful thing and a great affirmation is that we are excelling in the emotional space we do want more fulfilling connections um, and we have the access to those as long as we can um, you know charter the sea of chaos if we can't and we get caught up in this foreplay of protectionism and this persona this fear-based existence, then we can match men who are known for their bravado, their aggressive tactics, and non-responsive stonewalling as a way to defend their control and power. And this could be showing up in your relationship, and no wonder this could intimidate you if you're in a traditional relationship or in, in any form of relationship. But if you're seeing these um, symbols or signs there are massive red flags that the guy that you're with is probably quite rigid um, single-minded cannot change cannot be open-minded and is not with the times but let me just tell you a little example like this can just get worse you could have a perfectly good man who's um you know really secure in himself um really healthy in his masculine but turn into this and why it's when we come into the relationship in this kind of um, wounded feminine you know like for like this frequency does tend to um you know match match that same energy and so no wonder the mean girls keeps men 
in you know that mean girls mentality i don't know if you've seen it on the movies but this kind of bitchy gossipy um slandering culture which i've seen many a time even when i was at school i remember women were great at using words um to both seduce and make men feel insecure both in um making them you know commit making them um feel inferior so they got a more upper hand or or more power perceived um but this keeps men in victim or viking and victim is submissive and viking is dysregulated like fight mode um and the way women do this is they know that porn and they know sort of sexual sexual spaces can create um, a lot of insecurity so let me give you an example um i've seen on you know, magazine covers with David Beckham. I think he's come out on some morning, good morning show um, of him in some like Armani underwear. And he's got this massive junk on display, you know, a massive, um, a massive piece, uh, as it were, um, the eggplant emoji um, in his undies. And, um, you know, if you were none the wiser, if you were, un, uh, you know, unaware that actually what was underneath that, uh, the boxers were, a pair of socks. He admits that on the morning show. And um, again, no wonder men feel inferior or definitely um, slandered for their penis size, for one, um, in that, that aspect. It's this idea to perform, this idea that you're inferior based on what you've been given by God. Um, funnily enough, if you want to know any a fun fact, is that actually the bigger the penis, the more barbaric that that was, um, you know, the, the more barbaric that was... Um, idealized as the the romans is why the romans created statues of big godlike men um with really teeny tiny penises the real re, re, realization to that the reality is that the, yeah the, the big penis meant bar, barbarism and um impulses impulsive behaviors whereas the smaller penis meant um you know purity um you know drive had the morals in the right places people who were um kind of more intellectual and didn't really act in those lower hierarchical ways and that sort of greek stoicism that movement back in the day had really kind of shifted things for men in that respect and that is a great little kind of uh, you know a fun fact for you actually um but the funny thing is that that can be slandered by the wounded feminine um uh, around penis size and judgment, judgment in in many forms as insults, as a way to make men um, take men off that kind of pedestal and that um, that power, you know, that that need to be aggressive or um, that stonewalling that men tend to go into as a, a, a adaptive technique to feeling out of control or feeling scared or um, not feeling enough. Um, women can definitely make men go into that cave with those insults. Um, and I finally seen on, t on a TikTok video, and if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen this posted um, very recently, um, of a, a couple of women on another podcast saying um, they believe in the three six rule. A six-figure salary, a six-foot man, and a six-inch penis is something they want in their man. It's kind of a precursor or a prerequisite. Now, not only does this create like a... Um, an expectation upon the man but it's unfairly uh, it's kind of just based on aesthetic it's based on status it's based on hedonistic values and women um, can fall into those uh, motivations so again have that kind of reality check are you in the role within this porn um, secrecy are you creating insecurity for men are you like valuing hedonistically um, status are you valuing kind of 
numerical aesthetic scenarios where you want your man to have a certain kind of size or um, have a certain performance or a um, certain height or um, do well enough in their career. Um, don't get me wrong, it's good to have needs um, and, and make sure that they align with your values. But if you've fallen into this kind of cult um, and culture of judgmentalism, um, which is, is very much um, it can be passed amongst one another as we are social creatures just as you know you walk into a farm and one deer spots you out of fright and then it alarms just you know subliminally alarms the rest of the pack to run away um that happens in society too it's where the massive psychosis comes from it's where that that idea that we 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 subliminally send messages to one another and if you're a spiritual being that energy Em- emanates itself and no wonder if if that sort of gossip or that cattiness or that um you know reality tv you've been watching with love island and stuff is is all about all this propagandic messaging then no wonder you could somewhat be judging even in an internal space it, you know you're judging your external world especially when it comes to men so see where your role is in that relationship and whether that those kind of expectations are, are projected upon your man um, and that will help you come into this in a more empowered stance um and funnily enough, if you're coming from that hedonistic um, motivation, then women are, are brilliant at using their words. And words are are one of the hardest, you know, most um, effective weapon to ever be used. Words dig deep. So externalizing with gossip, critique and slander is the perfect intimidation t- technique to stop men getting too close or confident. Either closeness means pain and loss for you, it's seen as a sign of dependence and weakness, or men are a threat to keep at a distance. So see if any of your wounding from fear of abandonment to, um, you know, um, you know, fear that the men are, are so aggressive or so um, dangerous to you emotionally, that you use these unconscious tactics to actually keep them at a distance. Is that happening? And is that the reason why you may be attracting relationships that um, have uh, men who have porn addictions? Have a think about that. Um, and from that wounded prey, a place we'd rather save face than create a sacred space fighting for reputation at all costs rather than live in the deep connection we aim to disarm and that is a war you don't want to be fighting it keeps you wary it's not a peace treaty that keeps your heart winning or his heart winning and so the reality is i would say is that women need to create a more secure safe space for men to open up be vulnerable to be transparent, to be honest, to open up with his insecurities, um, to clear the slate so you can both move on in a peaceful way with no guessing or secrets kept from another. It's why skeletons in the closet can come around with porn because it's so shamed, it's so ashamed of. But if we keep that skeleton in the closet, then there's no solutions to be had. There's no peace that can be created. So as as bad or deep or whatever it could be, all this usage that's going on behind closed doors is happening. We still need to open up that closet, no matter what it be, and see it and express it for what it is, the truth. Just as we're seeing with the Amber, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp situation is that Amber Heard is, is literally tiptoeing on a, a foundation of lies. And it's funny because she, she couldn't keep her own lie up. 
lying once makes you need to lie a hundred times and it compounds and it becomes um, both an identity and impossible to uphold. When, when you're living by the truth, it comes so effortlessly. It creates more peace and inner, less resistance. It creates that kind of a really pure place. And that's the only um, baseline we, we, we can have to have a deep connection. Uh, otherwise, we're just lying to one another and we're, we're just seducing one another and we're trying to keep up faces and appearances. And no wonder our wounded ways show up to the forefront and this is never going to be a healing place for these um, obsessions or addictions um, it's just going to perpetuate them further so just like adam and eve in the bible it's just having that nakedness to the to the uh, the things you're ashamed of let the shadow come to the surface and this is where um, communication and bringing it to um, bring it to the forefront would really help you. So if this is something that's really challenging your relationship, I'm about to share with you some really um, you know some some good solutions, some good talking points, thinking points for you. Um, and whether you know if you're not even in a relationship yet, this is going to be a good toolkit or at least some baseline for you to move into a relationship. And if th- this problem arises, then you know how to handle it. And if you're in the dating space, for example, um, and you you want to find a very very pure man or somebody who hasn't um you know uh, it doesn't value sort of uh, pornographic material um, and want to get to the bottom of it it can at least um help you create the foundations of a more truthful um a more um peaceful connection as it were so rocking in with number one i would say get in to your values does your values match with the person you're sat in front with um in the dating or in the relationship you need to get really clear if their actions are meeting their values i would say some of the three core ones when it comes around to porn is integrity is really important honesty is massive and loyalty these three things at least need to exist or one or the other need to exist when it comes to this kind of um you know, behavior when it comes to porn, because like I've, we've covered, um, porn is a form of betrayal. It's a form of polyamory, um, you know, um, fulfilling your fantasies and desires outside of the relationship. When in reality, we want to fulfill those needs within. Now, just to open up nice and transparently with my own life, um, you know, I, I, even when I met Jazzy, um, you know, I, as a single man for a long period of my life, um, have been using porno- pornographic material um, to supplement, you know, a form of masturbation. Um, but, but then again, it's, it's a good, you know, when I came into the relationship, I was still um, tiny, a tiny bit using it here and there, just um, when Jazzy was absent, when Jazzy was away, for example. Um, the reality is that we can have um, a really fruitious relationship with our partner if we make a promise and commit to it we keep those promises so what happened is I think we were a few months in and I made that vow I said you know um, this is it you know um, I'm going to make a commitment now um, to not use this sort of material um, and um, this is this is it I'm, I'm, I'm committed to you and this is where I got married um, later down the line and um, and this is it I have not touched porn in now uh, what could I say about two years Um, and I felt so good for it because not only does my instinctual impulsive brain that barbaric instinctual brain that lives within hasn't been activated and it hasn't had like um, you know um, blurry eyes or or wandering eyes is the word sorry Um, I've not been looking for outside of my relationship to fulfill my desire I've instead sort of seen everything I've um, you know fantasized about in jazz jazz is my source for admiration it's not anything outside of that relationship I am I've come to this place of emotional peace um, where I have um, 
got rid of a lot of the shame. I've um, been able to express my anger in healthy ways. Um, and I'm not feeling any guilt um, at all or kind of, um, let's say, uh, self self um, sabotaging behavior as much anymore um, because I found a lot of peace in my relationship with Jazz. I think she's really helped me um, up the, the the pyramid of needs, as it were, into self-esteem and self-actualization and really um, prioritized um, that that kind of heightened experience and a heightened connection with her i no longer um require something to escape um and just to you know um fantasize about and and get into another world all all around so understanding if your values match and if integrity honesty and loyalty is um a synchronicity between you and something you share friendship with um it's then a great baseline a safe secure baseline as esther perel would say we need um to to coexist both in this um friendship and also fire we both need to have um you know feel at peace with what we need with one another while also have space to have desire um and that's what creates this kind of explorative and uh, adventure with one another we need that to feel attracted to one another but then again if we're trying to find adventure elsewhere then we're really um you know eliminating the bandwidth away from the relationship which 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 could otherwise be used in having a a problem solving approach in the relationship like how can we stimulate more adventure and how can we um you know um, communicate clearly our desires and actually make them happen and so that that from that place um you're going to start to see lots of self-respect a lot of respect and admiration for one another and also a place to actually start to to delineate whether behaviors are a mismatch or this person is truly what they say they are going to be and that's where the authentic self is the authentic self pretty much is somebody who um has a set of values um and is themselves unconditionally no matter about how uh, judgment comes into play and is somebody who can express themselves where their thoughts and actions align and they're able to really just show up with their god god gifts and talents and just be themselves without having to fake or lie and i think that's that's the true self that wants to really express itself since childhood so to be able to do that we kind of need to purify we need to kind of um you know let let it out we need to let out um the demons and the skeletons in the closet so we can create anew and that's the first step i would say get a value match is is their behaviors and their actions matching with what they value if not then you're probably living with someone who is um quite manipulative or, or living to a lie um or just somebody who has just not got the you know the the the, the gump as it were the the tenacity the courage to kind of you know right a wrong um and that takes a lot um lots of us aren't we're all not imperfect beings i've made a lot of mistakes in my life um as as of probably you and you've just got to add you know let a lot of self-compassion in because we don't know the answers i feel like sometimes i overwhelm myself needing to know everything before i even share a message when reality is if we're all our authentic self there is no need to think we just do in in a wholesome way we channel um and if if that's happening in a relationship or if that's happening between you there's lots of lots of autonomy lots of self-mastery um, and lots of aligning to that higher self um, and winning the war in, in a healthy way as it were so second thing as i said is look for kept promises and I, I would say within a relationship so i would say set a limit set set some limits um and um, start to eliminate things i think porn in and of itself it's if it's not consensual so start to realize what you can compromise on but make sure it's consensual um and then 
ensure that you have promises made between another. And this is where the truth can start to win the war in your relationship. This is where the truth can really be seen. And this is where I say reward kept promises. So this is not only setting a consequence to unmet promises um, where, you know, you know, you need to start to um, have a deeper word about it and, um, you know, start to have not like in a business sense or a new job sense where you're having a, a, a performance meeting. It's more like, okay, we didn't um, keep our promises. So where can we, you know, go from here? Is there any solutions we can make um, moving on here? But instead reward, it's going to create new neural connections just like porn did with the edging. It's all about how we can reward purity. How can how you can reward um, commitment to not using porn to instead, um, you know, um, self-pleasuring in a new, new neuro wholesome way that doesn't require outer material. And I'm going to get to something in a second. But and reward that promise. And that's going to create a, a, you know, it's how serotonin works and dopamine. It's kind of like that reward metric and that reward chemistry in our brain that we're, we're, we've set a goal. And if we achieve it, we're going to get that gamification feeling where we're, um, we feel productive. We feel worthy. Um, and it's really creating new neural connections to that, that peaceful side of us and that, that integral side of us. And that's a great thing to do and I think me and Jazzy have done that um in our own relationship and that's why I want to share it with you it's like we do check in and I think Jazzy has asked me you know this is this has made me um feel insecure in the past can you can you stop when when I was when I was stopping and I said yes absolutely and then she checked in um you know a few a few months ago and uh, she says have you ever since we had that last conversation I went no and that was a, a pure true no and um felt really good felt really grounding um and if actions make you feel ungrounded or words you speak make you feel ungrounded, it's like you're likely you're not authentic or speaking the truth. So if it's not making you feel stronger in your stance and in your feet, then don't say it at all or don't do it at all. So if your instinctual brain is coming in trying to sabotage you, whether you're the porn user in the relationship or the other, it's both... If you are the porn user, here's a different approach. It's about how the action in and of itself, based on that promise you made, which is the truth, is will is it making you feel stronger in your stance and more grounded to do that porn watching and to keep and maintain that lie again we don't want to create massive um, shame and guilt in ourselves but also it can have um, its benefit in a way if we're trying to align to purity and commitment and and really climbing that mount maslow within our relationship then it's really important that we um, have that inner truth mindful activity to feel if we're stronger or flightier or weaker or, um, you know, um, feeling like we want to run away from ourselves, just really tune into that feeling um, and into the feet and into that groundedness. If you feel like the mountain, then brilliant. Um, um, and, you know, you can reject that action um, and only do things that make you feel great um, and um, will trade um, not the um, quick gratification of the now and instead of the the, uh, the satisfaction of the future and, and, you know, that trade-off of, um, you know, not experiencing pleasure in the now, but all, but instead having that peace for a, a longer period of time and the longer um, longer game, play the long game as as it always were. But if you're the person that is um, victim to somebody else using porn, um, and then it's all about communicating. It's all about speaking um, your desires, and that leads me to solution three, and it's all about talking up 
when it makes you feel strong that you know there's there's a, a value clash here um promises aren't being made so it's time to now talk up it's time to set consequences and it's time to set limits it's time to to call it out so i would just say um call out um you know when you're feeling a little bit insecure and a healthy relationship will hold space for you i feel like any healthy relationship i love the analogy is if if you're in pain your partner partner's world should stand still stop and you should be the focus and priority is is everything i've always advocated for and if my partner never did that um then I'm going to look further afield, simply put. And Jazz does that for me, vice versa. So find that person that really does help. If you are that person who has the fantasies and you want to really nourish a better connection between you, and this is the solution three, is, is communicate your desires softly. So what I would say is don't attack the person personally. Don't make it a personal attack. Don't, again, go into that wounded feminine, critique, slander. Um, don't look at insults or create this kind of hedonistic motive where they should be a certain you know physical attribute um, to make you feel fulfilled or that they're, uh, you know, they're, their actual natural personality is making you feel um um out you know on edge or um not in a uh, central space this may be a massive compatibility issue and that's a whole new new podcast in itself but um try if you're trying to communicate your desires and you love that person uh, deeply it's all about doing it in a soft startup as uh, the Gottman Institute would say it's all about not attacking the person personally but see the situation so look for a situation that happened recently that didn't make you feel satisfied safe secure or something that you could improve or look at um, uh, an example of a place which could have some improvement and make that the core to the communication instead of the person themselves it's all about you know um, communicating that desire um, and seeing how that man or woman can provide for you. It's always seeing what you need and want, um, how their actions make you feel, and then sh- seeing where that kind of like constructive, um, not criticism, that constructive feedback can make them uh, help them better provide for you. Um, and using love languages again, unfold your love languages in. If you're unsure of your needs, just take the test online and it will tell you um, what could better you know, juice up your your marriage or your uh, relationship or your dating life or getting to know one another. And we also need to get to know what our sex drives are. We're all very different human beings with very different sexual needs. So making sure how active is your human being, the person you're with, um, is there a requirement for masturbation or uh, more often than not, um, you know, there needs to be, again, a consensus with um, sex. Maybe 50 years ago in the 1950s going on, um, I think the 1960s, 70s is when they abolished um, non-consensual sex. But really, honestly, it doesn't seem that long ago, but men could have sex against women's consent. And that's essentially now in our today, which is a beautiful thing, is rape. So, you know, it's not been long since um, we've been, you know, we've been conditioned well, we've, we've actually had to destroy patterns that have been conditioned into us by institutions. And that's a very difficult thing because it really um, conditions our mind. It conditions, um, you know, our behaviors and actions. And so we've got to get very careful that we are having a consensual situation here. And an authentic uh, relationship is, I would say, egalitarian. It's when both the healthy and uh, feminine and healthy masculine come together, whether it's uh, the man that's more feminine or the the woman that's more uh, masculine. I'm just talking on behalf of heterosexual relationships here is is across the spectrum. Um, But it's... it's really understanding that two 
for two people to come together in a very authentic, peaceful way, you both need to be whole and you both need to kind of agree. Um, and don't, you know, we feel very victimized when we're going against our will, don't we? And when someone's prosecuting us un unwillingly and, um, and, you know, untruthfully, and that's not a nice place to be. Um, and again, you know, behaving upon us in, in a very um, domineering way and we feel the submissive just to protect ourselves and um, you know god forbid you've gone through that in a childhood experience whether it's sexual abuse um, or, or anything of the sort it's very difficult to come out of those situations and really start to trust humans again now the way to trust is really just getting to know what each other's needs are and um, making sure there is always a safe space to explore. We need to create enough safety to then create exploration. I would say, um, I, I wouldn't say adventure comes first. I really wouldn't. I would say actually build the foundations of peace and get to understand one another first before you then create, you know, outlandish expectations upon one another um, and, and really understand, you know, when, when's the right time, what's the right tone to use um, and, and, get to know that partner deeply so you know the communication style for it to come across in a great way i would suggest as well um to move away from porn which is you know an easy convenient thing that we can do these days when our par partner is absent i would actually suggest um a great little exercise for you is to build trust and in integrity i wouldn't say do this in a really early stage in dating by any means but if you trust that person enough and it's why you have to create that piece first but ask for raunchy material from your partner why not? You know, them in a lingerie um, outfit. You know, it doesn't have to be super nude or whatever you want to be. You know, everybody has their fantasies, but it could just be a lingerie photo. You know, I've got Jazzy in a lingerie photo and stuff. And that, you know, that's, you know, content enough. I'm not going to go too explicit on this one, but, but you know, it's kind of like, well, if, if I need it and I need that extra kind of stimulation or at least, you know, that scent, you know, the sight sense um, stimulated, then of course I'm going to have my partner to be the one that I'm, um, going to be sharing that um masturbation experience with um so i won't get too deep into this i know this could be you know could be about to eat your dinner um so it won't give you too many thoughts but but there we go just just imagine you know commitment is making your partner your core desire and if you can do that then that's a beautiful way to again beat that instinctual mind that's always trying to tug of war our higher self and it's a beautiful way to do it it's, it's both meeting your needs without guilt without shame and in a great expressive way and as a great connective way there's nothing wrong with that at all so um great idea there you know um, and make sure you lock it away i would say in a very sacred photo album or a note folder you can put a passcode link on whatever it be make sure that that's the case um, because not only is this like a, a good exercise or a test as it were for your relationship to build integrity um, honesty and trust um, it's both a, a great way to um, build attraction b b between the two of you and also um, you know self-worth um, you won't be feeling like you're inadequate to other people online because, again, um, there is very outlandish, um, unrealistic ideals online. You know, you've got you've got women who have had um, a ton of procedures done. S same with men. You know, with um, you know manhood the size of you know elephant tree trunks online, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I feel so inferior here. I feel like you know the bottom of the dominance hierarchy here, and no wonder we start to um, walk through life feeling like the victim, um, and in this kind of low psychological, psychoactive state where we we feel um, the bottom of the rung um, on this food chain, and no wonder we feel very unconfident because that's what happens physiologically. Um, so when we feel like we are worthy, we are seen, we are. 
attractive, then that's a beautiful thing. And we're not compared to un- very unreal- unrealistic norms. And I'm afraid porn has damaged a lot of our expectations. So we must manage them um, and realign our compass to, to what truly matters. So I hope that helps there, that third one. Number four is reassociate the meaning with sex. I would always do this. Sex is a sacred thing. I would suggest, I would say it's very explorative. It's a great way to connect. Um, It's an energetic exchange. It's something that really does, um, you know, share something very vulnerable between the two of you. Um, It's a sacred pleasure, I would say. It's um, an access of a new dimension, if you go that deep. Um, Me and my wife, Jazz, we did um, an episode on sacred sex, um, a fair bit ago and I don't know which episode it is but just look through iTunes or Spotify and you'll find it and we do talk together on this subject so I won't go too deep here but look at sex as like a prize um, but do not guiltify it you know I know when we're um, in a dating period and single women are the ones that I tend to help out of um, heartbreak um, and those that have gone through um, you know or, or trying to navigate the dating period uh, sphere now i mean it's okay to express or explore yourself sexually with um you know multiple partners that's fine but it's again having at least some um consciousness or selective process of who you are gonna you know get into that vulnerable space vulnerable space with and and, you know share your essential you know uh, lady parts with you know um and because it's an energetic exchange um and and we are um not only in a kinesthetic form sharing energy we are on a very energetic form sharing energy and so if you're having that kind of postpartum you know not post postpartum sorry post-sex depression it may fe- may be that you're absorbing a lot of their energy and if you feel that i know lots of psychologists will tell you it's um you know um, it's a self-taught process it's just purely physiological i would also say it, they can't explain it sometimes i think it's a, an energetic um you know chakra um exchange where you're you know your sacral center which is all about sex it's all about sexual desire sexual action um you know um auth- auth- assertiveness authenticity all of it if that person's coming in with that kind of um you know you know very victim mindset or you know somebody who has not dealt with their emotional baggage it could definitely um be absorbed into you especially as an empath you can feel it in the room and especially if there's no kind of post-sex comfort or um, connection going on there physiologically men do um push a lot of testosterone out when they are having sex or, or you know, instigating in porn, um, which is a drive um, goal-getting hormone. Um, only, it's a fun fact again, only when the man is really seeing the person they're next to as the one or their person for, for deeper commitment, they will start to release oxytocin, um, which is a connection hormone. But women, um, unbiasedly, um, because we're, they're set up biologically to, um, you know, childbear um, and really commit and, and start to um, build a foundation for family is that oxytocin is, is automatically released in every shape and form, even if the man is um, an utter jerk. Um, you can tend to get really attached to men. Uh, it could be a total wrong idiot that's, again, you know, surged with testosterone, maybe having, uh, you know, this uh, bar- barbaric man mentality, primal mentality to just sleep with you as a form of a number. I know this very toxic lad culture where um, women are seen as numbers purely um, as, as a way to... Um, to gain social status amongst their mates or um, 
seem great or seem kind of like a, a big um the big boy on campus as it were um which is pretty sick to be honest um but that is the case in reality um and vice versa you know women can also be just like that with with men can you know the man eater is 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 exists for the reason so see your role once again are you giving away your your sex um and give you know playing that chemical game um which is then going against your truth because you've lost a lot of control and you've lost a lot of conscious control. Again, just as long as you're aware, long long as you're conscious, there's no shame in in, in exploring um, new new partners because that is a big part of chemistry. It's a big part of exploration and it's a big part of compatibility. If you don't see the man making you feel safe in in the bedroom or or um, you know, he, he, there's lots of non-consensual action, then there's a great arena to really test if he's a person you would want to spend the rest of your life with or be a parent to your children later down the line. So again, future proof, present proof. Um, and again, use your, your past to, to really, um, you know, inform the present. I wouldn't say overthink it, but I would definitely say, you know, you've gone through lots of lessons and challenges in life. And then what can you learn from that past and your story to, to not make those same mistakes again with men? There we go. Um, so I hope that helped. And then finally, number five is expect something from your relationship. So when we when there is a secret addiction to porn and things are being you know kept behind closed doors and nobody's talking transparently, we can start to fall into this apathetic response, like ah, oh, you know, I've given up the ghost. I I can't, you know, I can't be bothered to try anymore. This is what I'm worth. You know, we go into those kind of conversations in our head, don't we? And we feel like, well you know, he's okay in other aspects of my life, but he's just, you know, he's, he's just being a bit lazy in this zone and, you know, I can put up with it. You know, at least he gives me words of affirmation. At least he uh, shares the same bed with me at night and, um, you know, he, he provides for me. He maybe have a job and he pays um, you, you know, birthday presents or he pays the bills with you or whatever it be. Um, great benefits. Yeah, I get it. But there is also this, this idea that we're settling. We haven't truly spoken up our needs and we're lying, aren't we? So I would say expectations upon, you'll see in lots of quotes on Instagram to say expectations are a great way to destroy connection. But in reality, I would say there's a, there's a, there's a sweet spot. I think high, 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 high expectations um, and unwanted expectations um, upon a partner is quite unfair. But those that actually expect something from the relationship and expect something that, that meets your needs... It's a beautiful thing to do. And it's a great way to figure out if you're tolerating too much. Um, because if you're tolerating too much, you're creating a perpetual problem that ed- ends up becoming unsolvable because you've created the four horsemen, which the Gottman Institute would say, um, is defensiveness. You create contempt, resent, which is basically resentment. It's kind of like that um, unavoidable angst that's never been communicated and you get really irritable and angry at your partner and never express it. You get... Um, you know, stonewalling occurring. This always occurs when we've just given up. We sort of just don't let our partner know what they're doing to us and how it makes us feel. And this is an avoidant response. And finally, we have critical. We become critical of one another. It's exactly where that irritability manifests. And it doesn't lead to feeling special at all. And it doesn't make you um, feel in an empowered zone at all. And again, it of course doesn't make you feel that space to get your needs met 
Um, and again, when we have less expectation upon a relationship and it leads to that zone of, you know, that point of no return, it, of course, leads to less satisfaction in the relationship. And those that don't have, this is a great fact, but those that don't have expectations on a relationship tend to be average and less satisfactory. While the best relationships have high standards in their relationship and higher expectations. And on those, on that basis, it means that the relationship has space to grow. There is a commitment. There is um, a strife for better. There's growth. We're not stagnating. We're not digressing. And we're not just staying in the comfort zone. This is a place where you both grow together. And again, Mount Maslow, if you stay, you know, it's okay to stay in a base base camp here and there because you need to kind of, um, you know, enjoy the moment, be grateful for what you've both achieved, but um, and kind of calibrate that, that um, frequency and calibrate everything you've, you've achieved so far, but there's always more to climb. You know, um, again, it's to be grateful for what you've achieved, but there's, again, you can climb and step further together and reach the peak. Um, once you've reached the peak, which is, again, a lifetime process of self-discovering, discovering one, something about the other, um, then that's the beautiful part of relationship. We learn a lot about ourselves through one another. So I know this this porn, uh, the secret, secret porn watching, both is um, a guilt-ridden place. It's a place which starts to um, crumble relationships. It starts to crumble trust. It starts to destroy intimacy in many ways. But I hope this has helped you understand a lot about why it happens um, and to humanize it in many ways. You know, this is it's happened in my relationship, for example. It's happen, happened in my childhood. Um, don't feel ashamed of watching porn. It's a very normal thing. I think 90% or more, I think it's more than that, I think 95% of adults have watched porn by the age of 18 or something crazy i think it's more than that um jazz was a massive exception who hadn't but if you're not in that kind of very minute percentage don't feel bad because things are turnaroundable and um we're very much um, aligning to peace. We're aligning to what's best for us and, and op- more optimized for us. And this is why I'm trying to do my best to teach you that through podcasts like these, my content on Instagram, um, and teach you the, the, the better path or frequency to, to tune into. There is a better one, isn't there? And, and hopefully this helps you. But there is good news that we live in a time where we have um, access to self-expressive love. We don't live in the the 1800s anymore, do we? We don't live on these separate spheres. We live in a very liberated world in many ways. Um, it's just tuning into that, and um, we can get a needs met relationship and live in peace, knowing that we, uh, you know, you know, we get our promises fulfilled, and we live in a value orientated world, um, and we are expecting something from one another and we're communicating our desires communicating strongly what makes us feel strong and communicating the truth we're reassociating the meaning of sex with more pleasure uh, not more pleasure but sacred pleasure um and uh, you know ensuring that sex isn't something we just throw away unconsciously it's a great way to explore i, I get it but again we reassociate it in a way that um you know we, we make it precious so we find this self-expressive love, which is one that doesn't keep porn in the cupboard. If we are vulnerable with one another, we we find it in vulnerability, and that can only be achieved when we've deactivated the ego's need to protect us. It's also self-expressive love is a product of our environment. We have to leave those that encourage gossiping, critique, and slander at a moment's notice. We need to leave environments or you know cut out consumption of things that remind us of 
that world of judgment, that world of defensiveness, that world of fearing abandonment and that starting to attack rather than share, shed love on our, on our insecurities. Men who are stonewalling and go into the man cave with porn are likely um, numbing feelings, are likely in a place that needs more love and that can only be achieved through dialect. That can only be achieved through dialect. As much as the man might be introverted or stuck in his ways, there may be a way to crack that shell. And if he's too incompatible with his avoidance, then it's likely time to move on, as painful as that sounds. And it's also about having a clear understanding where you want to go, how you want to feel, and what role that will require of you to get there. We want to see our role to make us feel the most empowered. We want to collect healthy evidence from other relationships that, that porn uh, addictions can be overcome and it's not going to be a complete relationship buster. We need to build back that trust. And it's knowing that when you surrender to love yourself through your insecurity, a natural feminine will begin to blossom. Kindness, tenderness, flow and feeling will follow. So creating that, you know, a relationship with, with that, association to self-expressive love you can start to find peace rather than projection and that emotionally available relationship will show itself whether it's something that you're trying to create and, and you know carve out of what you currently got or you're trying to find in in the ether of the dating realm i hope that now you have this kind of like you know this ship that can navigate you through the the you know this this ravage the ravaging effects that porn has and this um this you know, access to, to, you know, mass, mass things online, um, you are able to take back that control when you take everything that I've taught you in this podcast. And having that authentic connection is possible and is a part of your now. Now, if you've loved this podcast, please do give it a review on iTunes, on Spotify, um, at Heart to Heart with uh, Josh Campbell. And, uh, you know, your, your reviews go a, a really great way finds more ears that way and of course i will shout out your review on the next episode so i need to love you and leave you but from my heart to yours um you deserve a relationship which is truly and authentically love um and it's willing to bear the burden of the you know the suffering in life that we could have easily accepted and fallen for so keep on that journey never give up and just hold the energy hold that frequency this is not fluff this is not fluff. Those that will think this kind of energetics and mindset stuff, it's just fluff. Um, it's just rejecting very much for their own protective mechanism because they just can't take or don't have the courage to do so and to do the work, as it were. Um, they're just projecting their own insecurities upon this world of um, spiritual energy um, and holding that place of, of faith, trust, hope. Um, love there's love that's always accessible within your heart today right now so hold your hand on your heart from my heart to yours um, you are deserving of that partner who's trustworthy integral um, and loyal to you and makes you feel um, feel amazing um, and helps you climb Mount Maslow so I'll see you on the next episode and thanks again for listening